Avengers! Hello everyone and welcome back to Excelsior, the world's number one Marvel's Avengers podcast. This is your episode for December 11th, 2021. I'm your director, Christian Buckley, joined by... I knew I said I was going to think of a new name, but the Apex legend, Jack Martin. <laughs> Excelsior, Christian. Uh, happy one week away from No Way Home. Can you believe by the time we're recording this right now, we will have seen the film uh holy calamity insanity <laughs> i'm uh, losing my marbles over this because i keep forgetting it's like oh yeah i'm seeing i'm seeing you next week i'm seeing spider-man next week that's doesn't feel like it's that soon are you handling it well yeah um i've had a lot of spider words muted on twitter mm. and things still come my way i haven't seen any like the new clips or anything that have released since the second trailer so I'm trying to avoid those as much as possible okay uh but but yeah i i've been obviously we've been doing our spider-man rewatch kind of funny has been doing a spider-man rewatch i feel like everyone on planet earth has been doing that so i've uh, been listening some to some podcasts to get into the spirit of things and yeah it's honestly been a really great time i'm still nervous about the quality of the movie uh but i'm also kind of excited about the spectacle because it, it's definitely going to be a spectacle absolutely uh and leading up to that like you said we've been doing a rewatch that's going to be wrapping up in the back half of the episode today we're going over far from home it's the right name right mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> it's, um, it's never going to get better it never will um of course the state of marvel's avengers as it stands right now and a couple other marvel headlines but why don't we just dive right into it for the week there's a couple new things going on in the game right now. And by new, I mean old as hell because <laughs> the Red Room Takeover is back, baby. Oh, yeah. Let's recycle that. Genuinely, though, this is the one thing I want them to keep bringing back because it's it's so nice. I know you super went in on it, so you don't need this. But for me, who is lazy and can only like focus on something once in a while in a game... The fact that I can queue up into Red Room Takeover, I think Room 2 or 3, with a single character and knock out a bunch of challenges to get some credits, this is what I need so I don't spend actual money on the game. So I'm glad it's back because we got a brand new character with Spidey, can knock out those challenges with him, Hulk's not going to steal my kills, good thing to bring back. No, totally. That is very nice. Ever since you brought up that when we got that what feels like 10 years ago uh, (laughs) earlier this this year um it's really nice to go back and play through and like do some challenges i always do without red room takeover being in effect i always do and they're back where you you start like yep I, i think either in like a suburb of new york or like over in new jersey and then the first area is like you have to protect two or three good guys when there's a whole bunch of drones at first i always like do my challenges there and just reload the checkpoint so it's nice to have the red room takeover and like what you said you won't have your teammates stealing your kills yeah and you know i do probably need to have some money at the ready next week because the red room takeover is back in the game i can only imagine spoilers for something we're talking about later with hawkeye hawkeye spoilers for 15 seconds 
Um, I imagine it's back because Yelena was in the new episode of Hawkeye. Is that Hawkeye nameplate event going on? Maybe that, some synergy? That makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, so one can only hope that next week we get to see a Tobey Maguire suit in the shop. But who's to say? Speaking of the shop, we got something in there that's pretty nice. We got a new Thor skin from Avengers 1. It's looks, so good. It looks very nice. It's It's like... It's... Going back to Avengers 1, Jack, Mm -hmm. it's fun. I don't like Joss Whedon, but something that has aged like milk with that movie, and there's a couple things, is most people's suits, but it aged in like milk in a way that like you got a fine cheese out of it still. Like there's still something (laughs) there. Sure. You don't have to toss it immediately. That's how cheese making works, I'm pretty sure. Um, I think you're right, yeah. Like, they look like they're Party City outfits, right? All of them do. Everybody's costume from that first movie. I'll say this. They age beautifully for video game costumes. Yeah. Because video game costumes should kind of be ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And we said this about Captain America's avengers one skin in that movie you're right it doesn't really age well considering the incredible suits he gets afterwards like (laughs) we leave off with endgame and he has like this incredibly textured beautiful looking suit Uh, and we go back to avengers one and it's like oh wow this this looks like (laughs) compared to that it looks like a a college student made this for a student film but Mm -hmm. it, it it's really fun to look at these in the context of a video game and when this is on sale for 700 credits, which we now know that MCU skins do that sometimes, I will 100% be buying that. Yeah, me too. Because, like, love the Infinity War look for Thor, but the, like, the very chiseled chin, like, long blonde hair, and then the clown getup is iconic, and I would mm-hmm. like to have this. So Yeah, it's it's the cape and hair for me. Like, I love the cape and the uh infinity war slash endgame suit in the game mm-hmm. but you know he's got the shaved head i want the long the long locks and this is doing it for me fully agreed retweet um that's basically everything that's new in the game right now because we do know that uh we got a big content drop we got the holiday content patch which uh had some issues we'll get to in a second but before we get to that jack following up what we did last week stark realities out of nowhere with an rko uh 2022 early Just next Randy year Orton me yes i did uh we're getting the new roadmap so yes yeah uh they said in their blog post that it's gonna be in early 2022 so mm-hmm. i would say expect anywhere from like january to february march at the latest mm-hmm. um so yeah, do you think we're going to get like a full year-long roadmap? We haven't gotten one of those yet. Or do you think it'll be more like, you know, a few months from now and then we'll get the updated one later? I think it'll mimic what we got this year kind of where, I mean, ideally we would get it in January and it would span until like August. But I imagine it's going to be a March to August situation because we'll see how next year goes for the game and we'll probably do an episode dedicated to that early in 2022 but like 
there's a world where they can only guarantee so much and i think that window is probably right at when year two would be ending and year three would be starting because we're in year two now technically so mm-hmm. um yeah that's what i that's what i would guess i doubt we get a, a calendar year roadmap what about you i think you're right i think it'll be similar to kind of what we got with and kind of what you were saying what we got with the hawkeye presentation um or when did we get the roadmap was it during the hawkeye i think it was it was when we got that february march ish feature imperfect thing and then we saw or was it the black panther oh wait no yeah you're right because we we all thought the hawkeye presentation was finally going to tease black panther and then it was just a hawkeye presentation (laughs) you're right i think i think whenever we saw black panther which was during like the square enix presents which was like in march or april um i think it'll be similar to that where we get uh like the month by month breakdown and then it'll all lead up to uh whatever the event the big event will be of 2022 which i think and i'm sure you you think as well is probably the captain marvel yep drop um which may be the last thing we ever get for the game. We'll yep. find out. But um, I, I think that's probably the likeliest scenario. We get smaller content drops, maybe a character or two before Captain Marvel, and then we get that uh, expansion. Is That's what I'm thinking. I think so, too. And until further notice, that's what my expectations are as we close out this year. So. Yeah, uh, I, I think that's fair to expect given what we got last year. Yeah, I think so too. But in the here and now, we got some things to talk about. So for update updates this week on the blog, they detail there was an issue in our holiday content patch 2.2.0, which launched on November 30th, uh, that affected some players who had massive amounts of stored fragments and units. We immediately fixed the issue and it stopped occurring soon after our initial discovery. However, a number of players lost many hard-earned resources. We plan to reimburse those players as soon as our next patch, slated for release next week. Weird that that slipped by, but I get it. You know, you're launching two major pieces of content, but things happen. At least they're yeah. fixing it. Yeah, no, it, it's good that they're on top of that. I, I I don't know how game development works, but I have to imagine you're putting... You, you hit one button, and it just causes so many different <laughs> things to explode that you did not think about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I feel like this is one of those scenarios where um, they did a big patch. It affected some things they weren't considering it would have affected. Uh, they fixed it, thankfully, and now they're going to reimburse some players. I don't think I noticed after the patch what my unit count was. I don't think I remembered it beforehand. Me, yeah, me so <laughs> I don't know if I was affected by this. Um but yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they will reimburse all the player base or just the people that uh, noticed. But either way, it's good that they're uh, being pretty proactive about this. And for a fix next week, that's I'd say that's fairly quick. Yeah, especially because, you know, it's the holidays and um, I don't know the scope of whatever the dedicated Avengers team at Crystal Dynamics is right now, but we do know they have other projects they're working on. Um, and there's a couple studios. So the fact that it was this fast of a turnaround is like, yeah, good. At least they commented on it within, what, about a week and a half? So, Yeah, good on them. Yeah. Uh, they also noted that after a lot of hard work to give us all the discordant sound raid and Spider-Man for PlayStation players... 
Uh, Crystal is preparing for the holiday break. Like you said, this is the 2022 roadmap. They are dropping expectations in check, everybody. Maybe things will leak. I imagine they will, but uh, we'll have to wait and see what's in store for them next year. But that's really it for the game right now, Jack. You and I still haven't played the raid again, looking to maybe over the holidays or have a general discussion about it uh, in a couple weeks. But looking back at what they're talking about right now, we're kind of good on content for the rest of the year. Might get a couple more costumes. What do you think overall of where we're at? Like just, just a letter grade or anything for year one, this full year of Avengers? Um, hmm. I would say like a solid B, honestly, like given what the game was in, and this is very much us being shills. So maybe I'm scoring, <laughs> I'm scoring a lot higher than I'm sure what the general I mean, public. I would say B minus. So yeah. not, not, not too far off. I would, I would say B minus or B because, uh, given what the game was at, at launch, like it had, uh, a lot of issues and it still does to this day, but, um, I feel like they've turned it around in terms of like a steady pace of content like we didn't have really anything um until we got kate which i think it's hard to remember was either november or december of that year it was december kate dropped a year ago a couple days back okay so yeah that was two months after launch and for this to be a you know live service game that was too long and then it was hawkeye in march and then you know some good things some you know not so good things in the summer until uh black panther and i feel like uh crystal has been very communicative especially this year um there's been a lot of good changes and even with the bad changes um they came around and fixed those uh notably the um the like boosters or whatever um Mm. so it's been like certainly a roller coaster for this game since launch but i feel like can, like th- through the second half of this year i feel like um this game's been very good with especially with the black panther update and all the other little accoutrements throughout the year so yeah i i feel like um i feel like imran khan should say to greg miller that this game is in an okay spot i think he should give him that yeah i i echo pretty much everything you just said and the fact that i mean guardians has taken up a lot of my time lately uh, but I do think Avengers is in an okay spot. I enjoy Spider-Man. I liked the Black Panther content. Everything they did, basically from the Monica villain sector to now, that I've experienced, I've enjoyed, uh, kind of more than a lot of the other stuff I've done in this game. So I'm hoping that momentum carries through to next year. Obviously, there's still a bunch of things we'd like to see changed, but yeah. I, I feel okay right now as somebody who's invested a lot of time in this game, <laughs> you know? Yeah, so. I feel like I'm closing in on the 300-hour mark. <laughs> yeah, I, I got to be inching my way there, too, so. Yeah. We'll um, see. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, speaking of Spider-Man, uh, I know we're I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but uh, Spider-Man came out for Fortnite recently. and uh, Yeah, dude, that's... Mm-hmm. It's very unfortunate because the swinging in that looks incredible for Fortnite, like, of all 
games the swinging is just amazing in that and the swinging is just not so good in this game so it's just marvel's avengers can't catch a break yeah and why don't we transition to meanwhile because i did want to shout this out um guardians of the galaxy won best narrative at the game awards the other night so Mm -hmm. i think well deserved um did you see the gif they posted i did yeah that was very nice it was what's the name of that youtube video do you know oh oh god um i don't it it's like it's uh it's like greatest rap battle of all time or something or epic rap rap battle maybe uh where the kid is like rapping really horribly and everyone behind him is just in on the joke um and that's what they parodied it was awesome yeah i i really like the trend of uh games using their character models to recreate popular internet memes yeah it's so fun it's very naughty dog does that a lot yeah true i remember the god of war ones was a huge tidal wave of those oh true yeah um marvel didn't really show up in terms of announcements last night but there was some dc stuff you know there was that wonder woman game that got announced there was gameplay for suicide squad kill the justice league and i can't say i like what i saw of that but while i was watching the suicide squad gameplay i'm like looking at harley quinn use her grappling hook everywhere and like deadshot using his jetpack i was like man sure sure would be great if it avengers controlled anywhere near how that looks to control you know i i really wonder about that game especially with comparisons to this yeah because like crystal dynamics and rocksteady are like very acclaimed studios and they're both taking on this new genre that they're not they weren't like familiar with beforehand so i have a feeling we're going to be in a similar boat with that game in my opinion i think so too i think conversation wise it's going to be less about like oh they're trying to be destiny and more just like all those characters look like they played the exact same so like that's my thing where i'm like yeah you're gonna have an ultimate but like that's what this game's problem was uh on a a bare bones level because i do think avengers strength is having the kits you can spec out that looked like oh they all have a gun (laughs) And they all can hover. Um, so the moral of the story here is root for the underdogs because Guardians was the best Marvel game of the last two years and uh, Gotham Knights has my excitement for DC projects right now. So Yeah, I'm hoping for that one. Hell yeah. Um, well, there's a couple other things going on in the greater Marvel Universe. While we're on the topic of games, Insomniac surprise surprise added two new spider-man suits to spider-man remastered on the playstation 5 ps4 owners you don't get the suits i know the last drop they did for like the amazing spider-man suit and a couple others came to ps4 but for some weird reason i think they said the lighting is the problem which is like it's sure. marketing it's yeah it's like you you just want to start getting people excited and giving them a reason to buy ps5s you know um yeah especially considering there's a ps5 uh stinger at the end of like every spider-man trailer now which i think is hilarious yeah so unfortunate for the me's of the world that do not feel the urge to buy a ps5 yet but the suits are quite cool which of the two do you like the best so it's the black and gold one right from 
uh, No Way Home, and it's also what's the second one? It's the one that looks like a hybrid of his uh, Far From Home suit with the Iron Spider, but gold. Oh right, I um, love that I, suit. That I think looks great. I read. Excuse me. I really like the black and gold one. Um, I think it's very striking. Like, obviously, it's not the, the, like the Venom Spider-Man suit that we're all familiar with, but or the symbiote Spider-Man suit that we're all familiar with. But um, I think it looks really cool in terms of like the context of the MCU Spider-Man suits we've had so far. It's very different. Um, I think people have speculated it's his suit inside out, which I think yeah. would be really cool. Um, and if not, it just looks really cool. So, yeah, this will definitely have me popping in and swinging around for a little bit with these. For sure, yeah. And they're great additions. I imagine these are probably going to be the final suits they add, unless they add next year for this other project. Maybe they add some suits to Spider-Man Miles Morales. Ooh, because we learned yeah. 2022 holiday... I mean, we knew this, but we got our first trailer at Across the Spider-Verse, part one. Part one. What the fuck? Dude, that, <laughs> not only was the trailer incredible, and also, like, really emotional. Yeah. At, at the beginning, which is great. Um, part one? <laughs> Excuse me? Uh, I, I don't. I don't know if that was confirmed beforehand. It was very much not. <laughs> yeah, that, that really just jumped out at the end of the trailer and has me incredibly excited because part one uh kind of confirms that there's a part two (laughs) at Um, least a part two also at least a part two Yeah, yeah so i mean i i know this movie did well for an animated movie and it that which like it didn't do as well as the other spider man movies large in large part because it is an animated movies and i i feel like uh in terms of like box office scales those are treated differently um so it was like kind of confusing like are we gonna get a spider-verse 2 um and obviously like it was confirmed uh a few years ago that we were so that was good um but i didn't think we're gonna get at least two more so yeah man this is incredible i loved this trailer i watched it with my girlfriend and then i watch it a bunch more times and i'm so hyped yeah man uh, i think it's fantastic that they did that little surprise because i i found out last friday i think they were like oh yeah tomorrow we're showing off spider-verse footage i was like really why and i still don't know why but they showed off this trailer which looks beautiful again has the spider-verse animation style that kind of lit social media on fire for at least a good month after that movie came out probably longer i still see people retweet stuff from that movie um and it looks like they're experimenting with some other visual styles as well because like the trailer sets up miles interacting with miguel o'hara who is spider-man 2099 plays played by oscar isaac and dimensions are being traveled traversed it looks like maybe these other dimensions might have their own specific art style which i think is an awesome idea uh because the one where the two of them were like fighting each other in was very much like watercolory kind of as opposed to the standard comic hand-drawn look that spider-verse has which is just dope i i love the visuals once again surprising so yeah no i, I love i love that take on like different 
universes having a different art st- art style like uh spider ham obviously had a different art style um and gwen stacy in the first into the spider-verse had her universe had her own it was like more pinkish hues mm-hmm. um so that's really cool i'm glad they're continuing that it is very much more um like in your face in a good way in this trailer like it's very like green and oranges uh throughout wherever they're fighting so man this is uh can't believe this is coming out next year like that is wild like silver lining of last year all the stuff that got announced in 2019 is like ready to come out and it's like wait why what happened why is it that fast it's like well because last year if you remember uh nothing happened so um yeah, okay. very excited to check that one out. And, of course, day one in theaters. So. Oh, yeah. Ugh, so exciting. Uh, Jackie, you know another movie I'll be there day one in theaters for? What's that? Shang-Chi 2. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, Destin Daniel Cretton, the director of Shang-Chi, signed on officially. It's been confirmed that they'll be working on... A sequel to Shang-Chi, as well as a Disney Plus series for Marvel Studios. So, Excellent. I'm glad that they're um, uh, continuing having um, Dan- excuse me, Destin Daniel Cretton like, stay on for Shang-Chi, too. Like, I, I think the direction was like very clear with that movie, that mm-hmm. sometimes you can't really tell um, that a director really has their hands on a project. Like, it kind of feels cookie-cutter, but it was not the case for shang chi so i'm glad that they're coming back and continuing that and i'm sure we're gonna feel that influence in shang chi too um and also i feel like the i feel like the disney plus show has to deal with the ten rings like we got that to yeah right we we got that stinger at the end of the first movie so I, i i feel like that's inevitable yeah, I was going to ask, and I was hoping you'd say the Ten Rings, because that makes the most sense, right? Yeah. Uh, I remember there was an interview post-Shang-Chi's release, I think, about Tony Leung saying he'd be interested in like exploring more of the Mandarin, so like, I'd also be super down for a limited series, like five episodes about uh, his character and his history, sort of. Um would be very cool but yeah i imagine 10 rings is probably the the way to go and honestly they could explore um the mandarin through a 10 rings show maybe not like presently because i imagine they'd be progressing the plot where we leave off in that post credit scene but you could explore the um influence he had his legacy some flashbacks maybe i'm sure there would be some interesting stuff to explore I think I said after the movie, I'm not so excited about following up with the Ten Rings, at least right now, um, but I hope they convince me otherwise. Yeah, I think there could be absolutely room to explore this more anti-hero group through a, a project like this. Because if we look at like the other, what feel like far out announcements and shows we're getting that are not new ip for marvel but like exploring a character or a group that haven't been in the spotlight right or like haven't had a specific character to spin off from like not i'm not talking the hawkeyes 
or the Lokis of Disney Plus. I'm talking about like the untitled Wakanda show that's going to be about that cast. You know, like I think those IP, if we want to call it that, are some of the ones I'm more excited for that are new as opposed to maybe other characters I just don't have a pulse on, right? Um, Like, as we've been watching Hawkeye, I'm interested to hear about Echo, but I'm worried that Echo's just going to become, like, the Daredevil and Friends show, you know? So, like... True. We'll see what happens. Totally. Um, (laughs) I know I just set up a perfect segue there for another thing on this doc, but we'll save that. Eternals... Coming to Disney Plus January 12th. Um, I don't know if I'll rewatch this day one. Okay. Because I don't like it all that much, mm-hmm. but I will watch it at some point. I know uh, Disney Plus does like the IMAX uh, yeah. cuts now. Mm-hmm. I don't know like <laughs> what that means for my TV. Like I saw just uh, Justice League, like Zack Snyder's Justice League. Um. And there was like the IMAX version, but it was just, you know, four by three on my TV and it doesn't mm-hmm. look like as nice as it would in an IMAX theater. But uh, I guess I'll give it a go with um, Eternals, assuming that it, you know, retains the IMAX uh, thing that they've been doing recently. I didn't have the will to figure out how to make this happen. But when I saw that at the beginning of Zack Snyder's Justice League, I was like, how can i watch this on a crt <laughs> because <laughs> that it would just be completely perfect and i, I did it didn't happen but you know maybe maybe eternals would have a good vibe that way you know i feel like you should specifically watch the black and white version of uh <laughs> zach snyder's justice league on a crt because that would yeah. just look honestly i feel like that'd look really good it's funny because subconsciously completely forgetting that there was a colored version i (laughs) i was like envisioning in my head watching the black and white version on a crt (laughs) so yeah i haven't seen the black and white version but now that i'm picturing the movie i only picture it in black and white just to get ahead of corrections it is called the justice is gray version oh of course it is of course it is (laughs) oh man um Anyway, the exciting news of the week, and the kind of surprising news of the week, Kevin Feige, in an interview with no fanfare at all, just dropped the fact that if if Daredevil shows up again in the MCU, which he will, it's going to be Charlie Cox. Um, Huh? (laughs) So, uh, I hate this, and it's not because I hate charlie cox i love charlie cox and i love how he is returning for daredevil mm-hmm. i hate how blatantly like they are disregarding any sort of hype for his return or kingpin's return in hawkeye uh i think more people need to be talking about this because they're just like yeah charlie cox is coming back what <laughs> could you have waited the week i'm sure um that we might see him uh or with kingpin we had the in my opinion, really dumb reveal of him in episode three, where who else could that be? Mm-hmm. And we're going to have him show up, uh, presumably, in the next episode or two of Hawkeye. And that surprise is just completely gone, because we already got that. So, uh, love that Charlie Cox is returning. I wish they just kept their mouth shut for another couple of weeks. Yeah, I 
I also love Charlie Cox's Daredevil. I think he is in that, like, Ryan Reynolds, Robert Downey Jr. They were the perfect choice for this specific character. Um, Because I I think he completely and 100% kills it as Daredevil and uh, Matt Murdock. I, I immediately have questions of, like... Okay, so are the shows canon? There was a lot of work that was put into those performances. What is going to be his relationship to Kingpin? Are they going to interact anymore? Is Kingpin just going to be a Spider-Man villain now? Like, I have a lot of worries about how it'll be handled out of respect for what the shows have done before. If they're hitting a reset button, I'd be down to just have a new season of Daredevil, you know? But I have a lot of questions i'm just happy he's back but i i don't know if you saw this i think there was another kevin feige quote from the same interview or at least the same circuit where somebody asked him about like how he feels about actors accidentally spoiling things uh specifically citing the jamie fox electro post from a year ago Mm. and his response to it was like i'm paraphrasing but he's like i'm just numb to it now so I'd like to imagine he said that and he's like, and also, yeah, Charlie Cox, he's back. You know, it's like, yeah, it's happening. You all knew. Uh, so. It's. I was thinking about this today. The more, and I'm sure you probably feel the same way, the more I get into Marvel, uh, specifically the MCU, like the more I follow it, the more it's kind of ruined for me because of all the leaks and everyone spoiling it and no one like being chill and just not talking about things that they're not supposed to talk about. It's really unfortunate where like a few years ago, I wasn't really in into like following all these Twitter accounts and like uh, going all these different news websites um, and things would just like be a good surprise in the theater. And now I'm like, Oh, I kind of know what to expect going forward. And it's just, it's a little sad. Yeah. I mean, I was like that peak of like phase end of phase one beginning of phase two I was like reading constantly and then I forget what movie made me stop I think like after Winter Soldier uh came out and I read like leading up to it multiple articles talking about the history of the Winter Soldier and that surprise like did not hit for me the way it did for other people um I just kind of stopped and around then also Oh, no, I remember what killed it. Amazing Spider-Man 2. <laughs> the trailer. <laughs> that infamous five-minute trailer that shows too many things. I started just going media blackout, and since mm-hmm. then, I've tried my best, you know, to avoid it, even though we do shows like this. But, yeah, especially now, I think post-pandemic, we've reached a point where people look at the entire mcu as just a tv show like people we will be tweeting about the game of thrones episode the night it airs that that's kind of how this works now remember like black widow opening night yeah dude there were spoilers everywhere it's so dumb so i i don't i don't like how like the blatant disregard specifically the stan accounts out there i think those should be banned (laughs) wiped from the universe that's my opinion, and now all these people with Natasha Romanov and their profile pictures are going to come after me. But um, <laughs> it's really annoying. Like I, I just don't like how that is treated. Like let's let's just be calm for a little bit, and then then we could tweet 
about all this stuff but like let's let's save the surprise for ourselves i will say before we move on to our review discussion stuff for the this week i have to mention this because of just the the point in the fandom we're talking about right now i'm sure you saw this that like press screeners for no way home didn't get to see the whole movie oh i didn't see that yeah well yeah so they they didn't get to see like the last i don't know if there was a time out there but it was reported that they are seeing an incomplete version of the movie because spoilers i think that's kind of stupid (laughs) if i'm being real yeah i mean especially with that movie like what can what can possibly leak now like i really don't think there's much that the informed fans don't know is in yeah. this movie and also like at that point why bother inviting press to a press screening you know like mm. it's their job just have a stricter guideline I, mean, I remember there was the nda talk after the eternals leak but like don't invite that person again maybe and you'll be fine because i think that's the only time at least in my years following all this stuff that a member of a press screening leaked something major from a marvel studios project so like this feels a bit extreme and kind of unwarranted but i don't know yeah it it's just it the, the whole uh i don't know i have lots of issues with the marvel fandom in general just with hype culture and and spoiling surprises and things like that but uh yeah long short of it charlie cox is back that's very exciting i have i have a a very strong feeling we're gonna see him very soon yeah in uh maybe seven days six maybe (laughs) oh boy well with that why don't we get to our discussion on this week's episode of hawkeye episode four yes spoiler free i guess i mean i don't know how much there would be to spoil this week but well there's a, there's a funny thing that happened with this episode on the internet this week i'm sure you saw with a certain actor spoiling their appearance yes. <laughs> spoiling i say in quotes but like um yeah what, what did you think of episode four um i liked episode four i think i liked it more than one and two um not as much as three um overall i think the show is kind of falling flat for me like it's very much a standard i was thinking thinking of it similarly to black widow in a way like it's very much a standard uh mcu fair where you pretty much know where this thing's going and nothing can really surprise you um and it's really existing to get a new version of a character we already know uh off the ground in this instance it's uh kate bishop and in uh black widow's instance it was yelena belova uh so i think they're very similar in that regard um but i i did i did enjoy this episode for what it was i thought we had some decent action scenes um and also some really emotional scenes especially like in the middle of the episode um i still hate the jack and kate's mom plot line which unfortunately is like a very central <laughs> plot line to the show um but yeah I, I did enjoy this episode i have a feeling that the uh the finale of the show is probably going to be the worst of the disney plus shows just because i don't really love this show right now and i the final episode usually isn't good so uh that's where i'm at with the show right now but what about you so i'm still enjoying it i think it is upper mid tier of 
Marvel at the moment. Um, I'm looking at it like I, I think it isn't as messy as Falcon was, but I think Falcon is still a stronger show. But this is just fun all around uh, for the most part. And I'm still enjoying it. I obviously love Kate um, and Haley Steinfeld filling in that role that you're talking about. And I think this is just another episode that's evidence of what you just said, of just the reason this show exists is more so to pass a torch to a new generation rather than fully wrap up the old man story. We're like, I think wrapping up Clint and like the direction they've been going with the show so far it's fine, you know? Uh, I'm definitely more interested in the Kate stuff. I think the show has been pretty consistent so far, and I think this is another episode that just makes me feel like, yep, yeah, I know what I'm getting every week. That's not as fun as something like a WandaVision or a Loki, but yeah, I think it was a solid episode, and it just makes me more excited for the future of Hawkeye and Hawkeye's role in the MCU mainly because of spoilers okay uh Yelena showing up again or for the first time beyond Black Widow where I kind of just hope that season two of Hawkeye is um the Florence Pugh and Haley Steinfeld show (laughs) so that'd be amazing that's a really great pitch yeah I'd be down for that yeah um See, that's another thing of, you know, surprises not hitting. Like, I don't know if this was supposed to be a surprise because uh, she was teased to be, like, going after uh, Hawkeye at the end of Black Widow. So, like, I feel like everyone kind of knew she was coming in, but her coming in with the mask on and then it being revealed that it was her, it's like, well, yeah, (laughs) of course. Um, So, yeah, it's just another instance of, like, the the surprises not hitting in this show um but i think i like what you said of this sort of being just kind of more of a fun show and not having as much importance to the greater mcu which i think is really fun to have and i i like having those sorts of uh projects in the mcu where it's not like hey this is not like an avengers level threat or anything this is just some dude trying to get home for christmas and like getting wrapped up in these shenanigans um and for the most part it's fun some things I just don't like about it and I think is kind of goofy. Um, like, for instance, I'm not a big fan of the LARPing situation, <laughs> especially if I'm going back to the well. Oh, yeah, let's 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 visit the LARPers again. Um, and let's have this police officer, like, just, like, very blatantly commit uh, this crime <laughs> for I don't know why. Um, it, it's just, it, there's some silliness to the show, but... Uh, it's fun. It's very light. I think it's like as much as any of the MCU projects are just popcorn. Um, I think this is definitely like you know one of the more popcorn shows where it's like yeah, some stuff is like kind of goofy, but it's a decently fun ride. Yeah, and I think maybe that might be a little why I'm like only slightly more into it than you sound the past few weeks is because I think so far every show we've had unless I'm forgetting one, have been, like, kind of heavy in one way or another for the MCU standard, at least, where this one just being kind of, like, fun. Like, obviously, there's, like, some storylines going on underneath it all, but, like, every week it's like, yeah, it's just just 
a fun scenario these characters bouncing off each other um it's kind of refreshing in a way and feels low stakes in a way that i appreciate where like wandavision and loki both felt like super consequential for things falcon maybe not consequential for the entire mcu but like its subject matter was very heavy this is just like this is like on the level of why i love the ant-man movies in a way oh yes Um, i think that i prefer the ant-man at least probably the first one at least more than what the show's been doing so far but if it if they can coast with this level of you know entertainment for the final episodes i i feel pretty good about it i think you know yeah i I like what you were saying about like um mid-tier marvel i was i was thinking in my mind like this might this might fall around like where like ant-man the wasp sits for me um maybe a little bit lower because i i love that movie unabashedly Mm -hmm. um but yeah it's that sort of feeling where it doesn't have this grand scale to it and it's not all too important it really is more about the character moments um and i think this episode probably more so than the other episodes uh were really good at um building the relationship between kate and clint specifically like uh their conversation um during like the christmas movie marathon um i really liked that and i like that sort of bonding situation where for the most part like clint has been very reluctant to hang out with kate like understandably so but as the audience member like you, you want them to you know be best buds uh so it's nice that they're becoming better friends i know obviously at the end of this episode they're uh at a their their lowest point but that's obviously going to change in the next couple of weeks yeah so we will of course see how that goes moving forward um any other final comments on this week's hawkeye before we move on to spidey um i don't think so i think it was uh it was good good emotional uh points and some good action as well solid uh well that brings us to our final episode talking about a spider-man movie leading up to spider-man no way home this week we rewatched spider-man far from home the 2019 mcu Mm -hmm. movie that followed up endgame the final film slash project in the infinity saga which is always weird to think about (laughs) yeah like it this was the final phase three movie which feels very strange feels like this should have been like the first phase four movie but oh well yeah um it's it's weird that's on the marvel studio side they treat that this like it's an epilogue to a lot of things where it does feel like it should be like you said that launching pad and when you look at it i think on paper it is it's just a weird way to frame it of like yeah this is the final chapter but yeah um history with this movie as we normally have done these past few weeks uh what this is the most recent one i think that we've talked about so what is your history with uh far from home yeah, so this came out when I was uh, in Amherst, the town that Chris and I went to college in, um, and it was like during the summer, so I was like working um, uh, like a summer job out there, and I think this came out on a Tuesday, if I remember. It was like a it was a weird time. Yeah, it was weird. Um, so 
no one was like around to go to the movies so i went by myself which i often do like just normally um because i think it's fun but uh yeah i went by myself i got uh both the popcorn tin and the uh soda cup for this movie uh, which I don't regret because I think they're really cool. Uh, the popcorn tin has like the uh, mask with all the stickers on it, which I love. Um, and I came out of this, and when we reviewed it for our first uh, Far From Home like Excelsior review, uh, I was not as hot on it as I think a lot of people were. Um, it was really silly to me. Like a lot of the points were, uh, especially in the first half, like this the movie was you know a little too jokey for me. Um, and that's still an issue, but, uh, I've since come around when I got it on like Blu-ray. I watched it, uh, at some point in the pandemic, it could have been in 2020. It could have been last week. I don't really remember. Um, but I remember, uh, enjoying it a lot more than I did in theaters. Um, still don't enjoy it as much as some of the other Spider-Man movies, but, uh, this is, yeah, this is, this is a fun one. Uh, what about you, Christian? Yeah, so historically, I've been very positive on this movie. Uh, this was the final episode we recorded was our review for mm. our, our initial run back in 2019 of That's the show. Right. Yeah. So as far as this movie goes, I have never understood some of the like typical Tom Holland haters critiques of the movie, like the people that never hear him out always throw the same stuff at far from home and every time i revisit it i've watched this movie twice this year once like sometime over the summer and then again for this rewatch i truly don't understand it because this entire movie the purpose of it is like showing rather than telling the idea of a core element of spider-man's character where it's about great power great responsibility i think the problem is that a lot of these people just want that to be said because that is the thing he lives in this movie (laughs) he wants to give up his responsibilities he does bites him in the ass and then he has to own up to it and he still gets punished and at the end of the day that's like one of the core pillars that i love about spider-man as a character and it's why spoilers i like this more than homecoming because it feels more like a spider-man movie to me despite taking place in europe (laughs) that's kind of the thing i took away from this viewing that i actually really liked was after the events of endgame after the death of tony like he is very hesitant to be anything more than just a neighborhood hero um and i love how eager he is to just take a break um and I was thinking before I watched this, I was like, do I like that? And then I watched the movie. I was like, oh, yeah, that makes total sense for his character to be like, I kind of need time away from Spider-Man uh, because of everything that has happened. Um, and we don't really see that in obviously we saw that in Spider-Man 2, but that was like more so, I guess, more so a choice of where Peter was at in his life rather than like what happened to Peter and like the circumstances outside of his own character. Mm-hmm. Um, that we see in this movie and I really enjoyed that I liked how most of this movie he just wants to be Peter Parker I kind of yeah. love that plus he's a kid and I think that's a thing people forget constantly is that we're we're stewing with this version of Peter Parker where he's still like what 16 or 17 supposed mm-hmm. to be in these movies like 
he's still very, very young, and a natural response to, like, your mentor dying in front of you and yourself dying because of who you are as a hero and then coming back to life after five years. Like, maybe wanted to take a month off? <laughs> Realistic for a teenager, right? Like, I, I think that is a... Like, context matters, and I think that's lost on a lot of discussion about MCU Peter Parker and Spider-Man. There's absolutely valid critiques to be had against these movies and portrayal in this movie even, but, like, to me, it is refreshing because it does still feel like... I feel like I'm watching a Peter Parker story and a Spider-Man story where he's trying to make the right decisions for himself and it doesn't work out for him and we when he does make the right decision it also doesn't work out for him and a lot of that is tied to how much of this movie rests on his relationships with people a lot of it is about mysterio which we can get to um i'll say or let me ask you this what is your biggest detractor with far from home the first half of the movie um and i honestly think it kind of for me at least it kind of doesn't get worse but i feel like it's more noticeable on repeat viewings there's there's a couple things i think especially like in venice and prague it's a very comedic movie um and a lot of the comedy does hit but again like i said last week i i'm kind of missing like the emotional weight of spider-man as a character especially sure. in the first half of this movie um also for me at least knowing that <laughs> like everything that's happening is just Mysterio manipulating everything um doesn't hit as much this time and like it's like all right we got to go through these elementals to get through to the good part of the movie in my opinion um so I, I, yeah that that first half of the movie I don't find myself loving especially like some of the people have compared uh peter jumping out of the bus and like stopping the drone to like a disney channel original movie like just doesn't look good <laughs> and i was telling i was watching this with my girlfriend and her roommate i was like that might be one of my least favorite scenes in the mcu like just completely ridiculous in my opinion um but yeah i, I think i think it's it's um the even more so than homecoming the comedic feel to it and also just the plot points of knowing on a repeat viewing, knowing what is happening um, just doesn't land as hard for me. Yeah, that's fair. I, I'm with you. I do not like the scene on the bus. Uh, that's, like, my least favorite part of the movie. Um, I think the comedy, for me, works because it's still what I liked about Homecoming, where it feels like it's a movie that could have been, obviously not, but, like, made by high schoolers in, like, a way that, like, it feels very natural and true to like that age range at least when we were in high school you know like it, it does feel relatable in that way where the humor for me works uh ned is hilarious and a highlight i think oh, in yeah. this one <laughs> um and everything with peter and mj in this i think is very genuine and sweet and obviously there was some chemistry going on there <laughs> yep <laughs> but yeah, I everything that involves Peter and his classmates, I do like um, because it, it feels like a kid who wants that life. And then again, every single time he tries to embrace that, an elemental shows up. So 
Um, yeah, I, I, and as far as the knowing about Mysterio thing, I get that. I, I'm fine with it because I, I like seeing Jake Gyllenhaal pretend to be a hero and it's 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 cheesy it's fun he he's gaslighting peter parker yeah <laughs> seems it seems to come a little natural to him but you know yeah <laughs> taylor swift had writing credits in this movie. yeah red re-released a couple <laughs> weeks ago so <laughs> yeah i was i was telling that um like i said I, I watched this um with some others in the room and i was like they ha- i was like i think there's a clear bias against <laughs> jake chilling all in this room so uh it was an interesting viewing experience yeah for sure um what do you think of peter's character arc in the movie because i think it's stronger here than it has been in any of the other movies he's been in no i I think you're right um i think where we find peter at the end of this movie is kind of excellent i feel like the second half of this movie is is probably better than like the second half of homecoming in a lot of ways mm-hmm. um i i feel like the thread of the <laughs> spidey sense or peter tingle was kind of lost at some point in the movie and then i love how it comes back and how he deals with that um and also just straight up the scene with happy and him realizing he'll never be iron man without and he's like obviously going past all these murals and things throughout the movie um which i think we're like treated subtly like we don't they're not we're not beaten over the head with these they're just kind of in the background um and then happy being like you'll never be tony and like that just will never happen and his like coming to acceptance with that and him being his own hero i think is great yeah i i also feel the same um i really enjoy like when you really look at it it is him trying to be his own hero where i don't understand the idea that he has a mentor in this one where like i like he looks up to mysterio for a bit but he doesn't learn anything from him he doesn't learn anything from fury like he's being bossed around for the first half and i think that's essential to get him to where he has to be in the end where he is becoming his own superhero which I get why people at the time didn't like that. I get why people right now couldn't like that. But again, it's the context of the MCU where you have this ongoing story across multiple projects and it's time to experiment and see stories through the perspectives of a child Spider-Man because we haven't done that before. And as we've learned, there's time to explore the Spider-Man we are all used to moving forward and hopefully at the end of next week's movie uh we get to see sort of that process start um and i honestly i I would say in the second half of far from home it does start because you do have scenes like what you said with the spidey sense moment which is like maybe one of my favorite scenes in the mcu like the vision of him in that warehouse when he's seeing like the zombified version of tony's corpse like it's incredible looking still yeah stunning it's so good that, seeing that in a the theater was a moment and uh, i i really really love that sequence the way his powers are visualized there um also just a feel-good moment i love when he's making his own suit in the jet mm-hmm. that feels very peter parker to me it's seeing him sort of flex on that 
I know how math works and I can figure out the best <laughs> choices for the scenario sort of thing where it just it just feels like a Spider-Man that's finding himself and I appreciate that a lot. So No, you're right. Um I think I've come to the conclusion that like obviously in Homecoming it was the mentor relationship um he was yearning for. Uh this movie not so much, but with this and we'll see with no way home it seems like there's still that dynamic of someone sure he needs assistance from um like he's still relying on mysterio to like get through the elementals like he mysterio pretty much you know does all the work in obviously because he kind of is making himself look like he's doing that uh and uh it seems like dr strange like he goes to dr strange and no way home to figure out a problem that he's having so I think by the end of this trilogy, I will be fine with that dynamic being in place for this trilogy. But going forward, like a lot of people, I just, you know, I would love a Spider-Man movie to just be completely about Peter Parker. Just like how Shang-Chi was just pretty much about Shang-Chi. And like Wong was in there for a second, but that was pretty much it. I agree. I will hold out the caveat of I would still love to see a Spider-Man and Dare, uh, not Daredevil. Well, that'd be cool. Spider-Man and Deadpool team up at some point. Mm. I feel like we will get that because that's pretty do. big in the comics. Yeah, man. I, I, I want to see that so bad. Um, as far as everything else goes, is there any other major hangups you have with it or is it smooth sailing? Like, what's the turning point for you? Is it once the Mysterio reveal kicks off? Yeah, it, it really is that, that point in the movie. Because um, that, that's when a completely different movie starts, <laughs> really. Sure. like, um, I honestly kind of love that bar scene, like, once we get the turn. Everything mm-hmm. after that, I think, is great. I think it's, like, some of the best Spider-Man stuff that we've seen. It's just everything leading up to that point, for me, drags, especially on repeat viewings. Um, but, yeah, I, I love, even, like, the end scene fight, I think there's, like, a lot of kinetic motion to what Peter's doing, even though he's fighting a bunch of drones he's swinging around and doing a lot of interesting stuff in terms of action um like some of the dialogue that the characters have at the end especially like in the um like fort or whatever i think is fun um and yeah i i it really is the second half of the movie that that comes alive for me and it's peter realizing who he is in the scene in the uh whatever ship that they're in with happy and peter is i think probably one of the best spider-man scenes uh we've seen so far i 100 percent agree um also i don't know i think we might have talked about this before but on two times ago when i watched it over the summer with my girlfriend i pointed out that there's i think at one of the airport scenes in the background you can see some dude in a hawaiian shirt and a baseball cap and it is jake gyllenhaal did you pick up did you see that whoa no i did not yeah, it's, like, pretty early in the movie. He's, like, stalking Peter. I know you you can see uh, members of his crew throughout the movie. Like, in Venice, mm-hmm. I know uh, there's someone, like, looking around. I didn't... I don't know if I ever saw Jake Gyllenhaal. That's a, that's a cool pickup. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's pretty neat, you know, just knowing that there are the seeds there. Uh, I wish, like, still revisiting the, the Vulture twist is, like maybe it doesn't hit the same way but like you feel the way it's supposed to hit and i think the reveal here 
maybe it's because we all knew or went into this expecting Mysterio to be bad. Because you remember the marketing was like, Mysterio is this new hero on the block, right? Yeah. Um, I like we all expected that to happen, and then it happened, and it's like, cool. <laughs> He's a villain. Nice. You know? No, yeah. That and th- that's another thing that is a hangup for me where that is not a surprise right and you nailed it like everyone came out of homecoming being like i cannot believe they did that um and the surprise here was not a surprise like if you know anything about spider-man you know that mysterio is one of the the villains right so this just wasn't a surprise coming out of it and um i think all the special effects and we can get into mysterio like more in depth uh were you know great and that justified him being in this movie but the surprise itself was not good yeah i I think mysterio on his own though is maybe one of my favorite spider-man villains we've seen so far because he's not written in this way that feels like he's like on this crusade he doesn't have this like holy mission he was looking to achieve and spider-man stands in his way or anything like that like he's just kind of a scumbag (laughs) that just wants to manipulate this kid and become this celebrity and i feel like that is a very specific type of character that we haven't seen as a villain in a spider-man project so far and i like that a lot because he just seems like a guy he seems like a tech bro that was fed up with something and it wanted to act on it you know yeah he he's scary because of how manipulative he is again it um, seems to come very natural <laughs> yeah it really does um but yeah honestly like I, I do i do feel like his character is is a really great spider-man villain and it's really cool how they nailed the vulture and mysterio of all characters I know, I know, like so they good. got the the those are, I would say, like B or C list Spider-Man characters, and they absolutely nailed them. Yeah, I 100% agree. And everything he does when he is a acting villain to Peter, like in the last 30-ish minutes, every time he's interacting with him, um, the scene in the bar too, just the way that like the performance comes out more of like how much of a psychopath this guy actually is. It's just obviously Jake Gyllenhaal is a fantastic actor, so like it comes out very, very well in, with the surrounding cast, but all too well, all too well, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, I guess with that though, would you like to slot him in our villain ranking, and then we can yeah. get to our overall rankings? Yeah, let's do it. So currently, uh, should I go worst to best or best to worst? Let's go worst to best. Okay bottom of our villain tier ranking uh venom from spider-man 3 then riot then jamie fox electro then the new goblin then rhino above that is lizard then dane dehan goblin carnage sandman uh willem dafoe green goblin doc ock vulture Ooh. I would say under Doc Ock. I was thinking the exact same thing. Okay, perfect. Because I, I really do like Mysterio in this. Um, I think Vulture is far and away the, the best villain so far, just because 
he seems like a real person um and doc ock is very like cartoonish in a way that everything in the sam Raimi movies are cartoonish but it just kind of works um and he's great in this but i i still prefer doc ock i think i i think you're right because doc ock does have that sort of like we talked about it last week when we were ranking vulture that very theatrical way he's written and performed and tragic backstory sort of thing where mysterio like vulture just feels like a real person um but i do maybe it's nostalgia but i do really enjoy the way doc ock is written and portrayed as a villain so yeah i did too i think i Um, think we nailed that agreed the last thing i'll say about mysterio and i have a question i want to throw your way uh we have a very notable thing with spider-man in that the sinister six exist mm-hmm. with no way home we have five prominent villains and we all know for sure there's no way sony and marvel saw they had five out of six villains ready and we're like you know what maybe another time <laughs> there is the sinister six are absolutely going to be the villain force in no way home do you think it's going to be vulture or mysterio as that sixth because every time i rewatch this i'm more and more sold that mysterio is not dead like oh he's definitely not dead yeah he's totally alive because the thing is i the way that daily bugle video is shot too in the end he looks the way he does at the end of that fight Mm -hmm. and he didn't have time to record that because peter was there the whole time like that dude's alive so who do you think what makes more sense for you as the sixth member because we need a tom holland spider-man villain in that group uh i i think mysterio makes more sense i do have a feeling that um a movie called spider-man sinister six would make a lot of money so i think uh no way home would probably be a tease of that in the same way that's going to be a tease of a live action spider-verse movie sure um so but if we do see a six villain which is probably likely i think it's it's more likely to be mysterio that being said that would be way too much going on in this movie even though there's you know there's already a lot going on so might as well just add another cherry on the other 10 cherries because I think it would make sense for either of them in a way. I'm less sold on Vulture because Vulture feels like there's more of that personal connection between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Where, like, ask yourself the question, why are all of these villains attacking this random Spider-Man guy? Is it just because he's Spider-Man? Or is it because Mysterio, who has no powers, sees all these people who should hate Spider-Man, and he's like, I got away with words, you know? <laughs> My ex-girlfriend feels this way. My <laughs> arch nemesis feels this way. I could I could sell these people on something. Yeah. I think be. it'd be cool. Yeah, so. I, I think if we do see a six, it's probably Mysterio. Well, I'm glad we're on the same page. Because um, we're about to not be. Where do <laughs> <Yes>. you rank <laughs> uh, Spider-Man Far From Home? So, yes. Uh, so there have been ten movies. Uh, number 10 is Spider-Man 3 number 9 is Venom number 8 is Venom Love There Be Carnage 7 Amazing Spider-Man 2 6 Amazing Spider-Man 5 Spider-Man 1 4 Spider-Man Far From Home 3 Spider-Man Homecoming 2 Spider-Man 2 and 1 Into the Spider-Verse what about you? 
So the bottom half of our list is identical up to Spider-Man 1 okay. at number 5. So for the sake of understanding for listeners, uh, 10 is Spider-Man 3, 9 is Venom, 8 is Let There Be Carnage, 7 is Amazing Spider-Man 2, 6 is Amazing Spider-Man, 5 is Sam Raimi 1, 4th for me is Homecoming, 3rd is Far From Home, 2 is Into the Spider-Verse, and 1 is Spider-Man 2. Very cool. So, there it is. Do you, Are you surprised at our rankings compared to each other? No, honestly. Well, I guess I am a little bit surprised. I thought I thought our list would be a lot different, but uh, we've too. fallen. <laughs> we've fallen mostly similar, which is which is interesting. I honestly thought we'd be, because I wouldn't say our opinions vary that much, but I think there are points where they do. But yeah, for the most part. Um, yeah, this is honestly surprising because I thought this list would be very different. Yeah, I think if there was anything that might in time or depend on the day switch for me is maybe the placement of Spider-Man 1 and Amazing Spider-Man 1. Purely, it's a war of nostalgia on those two. But yeah. <laughs> I used to really, really, really love the Andrew Garfield ones, and I still do, and I'm still very nostalgic for them, and I love both of them in certain ways but there was a different time you know like <laughs> uh 2012 amazing spider-man christian buckley watching that in a the theater was very different from how i watch it now i think so i just maybe i just relate more to a depressed toby mcguire than i'd <laughs> like to admit <laughs> but, so oh how we slot in this one i i would not be i would not be offended if uh, this took our number three if you're cool with it because i got spider-verse so i i feel like you should sure you know but i mean i could see a world where homecoming just represents this take on spider-man more you know sure sure what where do you think it truly belongs in the top five for the two of us based off our discussion because right now we got Five is Tasm, four is Spider-Man, three is Homecoming, Spider-Man 2, then Spider-Verse. So it's either the number three or four spot. Um, I think it's definitely better than Spider-Man 1. I was thinking about that. I had a long commute today, and I was like, do I like Spider-Man 1 more? I think I might, but this is definitely a better movie. <laughs> like, not even a question. Sure, um, yeah. And I, I obviously prefer Homecoming. Um, but I do think we see some of the best Spider-Man things in terms of like character progression in the second half of this movie, even maybe even more so than Homecoming. Um, I think as a whole, I, I like Homecoming more. Um, I think Homecoming is a little more consistent. Like Far From Home does kind of feel like two movies, sure, in a, in a good way towards the end. Um, so I feel like. A- I, yeah. I might be I might be sounding too harsh on Homecoming. I think I've just seen that movie too many times, so right. I'll leave it up to you. Your your decision. I think um I I think we should put Far From Home at uh, the number three spot. Okay. Obviously, I don't disagree. So <laughs> I'll give you a I'll bone, Christian. <laughs> Thank you. I'm insanely curious to see how we feel about no way home because i could i could see us being very different on that one next week I, I honestly i have a feeling that might be a rise of skywalker situation oh please don't say that oh Wait. no 
like i don't know all signs point to this movie in my opinion just being like a 50 percent of rotten tomatoes like very cut down the middle like people love it or hate it which has me very very worried i'm very worried yeah i i you brought it up earlier tonight when we were recording and i completely forgot i've I've become lost in the sauce as they say because i (laughs) forgot there was a time where i was not wanting this movie to exist the way it does and now i'm just like i don't know if i'm excited but i'm ready you know so it's a very strange feeling because when jamie fox revealed that this movie was happening we were both like no let's not do that for the third movie in this trilogy that makes no sense but here we are um i think this movie exists as a spectacle which is unfortunate in some ways but also great in some others so we'll see how this like actually affects peter as a character i hope it does not adversely affect him i hope it only uh makes for some great villain sequences and it just so happens that there's some great progression going for him in this movie so we'll see we will uh well i mean like that's a good note to end off on because the next time we will we'll be recording a normal episode before i think um actually i don't know we'll we'll talk about that later yeah we'll see we're seeing this on the thursday opening and that is Mm -hmm. typically when we record yeah so maybe so we'll see we get a normal saturday episode out next week we just do friday if it works out so yeah tbd but jack until then where can the agents of excelsior find you you can follow me on twitter at fascinated jack what about you christian you can find me on twitter tiktok at chun2d2 youtube.com slash joyclicks is where you can find the video version of excelsior alongside a variety of other videos game of the year season's coming up uh we got a hall of game ceremony coming up as well where we are basically filling out our hall of game for video games no spider-man games yet mm. maybe one day that's a good point um, if you want to check us out on audio services, you can go to your favorite service like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, whatever you choose. And rating and reviewing on those given platforms helps the show out a ton. So if you could take a quick second and do that, it would be very appreciated by both of us to help the show find more people. And that is it. Patreon.com slash also exists. You can support the shows there at the $1 and $5 tiers, 5 bucks. We'll get you producer credit on every show we do, including this one, like Aaron Easton and Charles Applin. So thank you very much. And that is actually it. (laughs) Uh, So next time you hear from us, we will have seen Spider-Man No Way Home. Hope you all enjoy it. Stay safe out there. And until next week, Excelsior, it's pizza time. Excelsior, it's pizza time.